What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the movies The Power of the Dog and Belfast. First, let's talk about the movie The Power of the Dog. Here's a quick synopsis. Brothers Phil and George Burbank have been ranch owners for a while, and when George marries inn owner Rose Gordon, his brother Phil begins a contentious relationship with his brother's new wife and her son Peter. The film stars Benedict Cumberbatch, Kirsten Dunst, Jesse Plemons, and Cody Schmidt-McKinney. This is a lot of people's favorite movie of 2021, and it's not that for me, but it is a movie I really admire. The standout performances come from Benedict Cumberbatch, who in my opinion gives the second best film performance of his career, the first still being The Imitation Game. This is far and away the most intense character he's ever played. Usually Cumberbatch is known for playing intelligent, witty characters like Sherlock Holmes, Alan Turing, Stephen Strange, Thomas Edison... In this, he's playing Phil, who is an intimidating, soft-spoken figure. This has been a massive year for Cumberbatch. He starred in The Courier, The Mauritanian, The Electrical Life of Louis Vane, and now The Power of the Dog, and he's appearing in Spider-Man No Way Home. His career choices have been brilliant because he starred in both critically acclaimed films and massive blockbusters. Look at his 2013. He appeared in 12 Years a Slave, August Osage County, and Star Trek In the Darkness. Cumberbatch is likely going to get his second Oscar nom. His first was for The Imitation Game and he's deserving of that honor. The other Oscar-worthy performance from this movie comes from Cody Schmidt-McPhee who is an actor more people need to pay attention to. This is far from the first outstanding performance he's given. He's really good in Slow West, another western which starred Michael Fassbender and Ben Mendelsohn and I thought McPhee was one of the best parts of Dolomite Is My Name with Eddie Murphy and Wesley Snipes and he's one of the few bright spots in X-Men Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix as Nightcrawler. In this he gives the best performance of his career. The best scenes in this movie are the ones between Cumberbatch and Cody Schmidt-McPhee. And then you have Jesse Plemons who's not given a whole lot to do in this movie but he makes the most of it nonetheless. I really feel like Plemons has become this generation's Robert Duvall. Duvall was an actor who no matter the size of the role you felt his presence in film Films like The Godfathers, Part 1 and 2, Apocalypse Now, The Natural, A Civil Action, and it's the same with Plemons in The Master, Black Mass, Game Night, The Irishman, Judas and the Black Messiah, and now with The Power of the Dog. This year, Plemons also appeared in Disney's The Jungle Cruise with Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Emily Blunt, and if Blunt is riffing on Indiana Jones, then Plemons is riffing on an Indiana Jones villain. He reminded me a lot of Belloc, who was the villain of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Plemons' next film is next year's highly anticipated Killers of the Flower Moons, directed by Martin Scorsese with Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, and Brendan Fraser. I can't wait for that one. Jesse Plemons is a brilliant actor. I want to talk about Kirsten Dunst and her performance in this film. It's getting Oscar buzz, and for me, that feels unwarranted. She's good in the movie, don't get me wrong. She's just not great. It's a little over the top what she's doing. Dunst has been far better in films like The Virgin Suicides, Midnight Special, and The Beguiled. I 
know we all want her to get her first Oscar nom. I know we all feel she's super underrated, but it should not be for this. Her career is fascinating in that she's not best known for her best work. She's best known for Bring It On in the Spider-Man films. And even Wimbledon. I feel like Dunst is known for being a movie star and not thought of as a very good actress. I think she is both things. I just feel like this was not her best movie. A lot of people are talking about how Benedict Cumberbatch feels miscast for this movie. I feel like Dunst is miscast in this role. Usually I don't talk about casting on this podcast, but I want to mention that the original person who was going to play the Rose character was Elizabeth Moss, and it feels better suited for what she does as an actress. I mean, Moss is really good at playing somebody who's dealing with dread. I mean, look at The Invisible Man, Her Smell, and Shirley, and you'll know what I'm talking about. I know a lot of people disagree with me on this, and I want to love Dunst in this movie. I just don't. The writer and director of this film is Jane Campion, who is best known for her film The Piano, for which she was nominated for Best Director and won Best Screenplay. Holly Hunter won for Best Actress, Anna Paquin for Best Supporting Actress, and the movie was nominated for Best Picture. And it feels like history might repeat itself with The Power of the Dog. She's going to get nominated for Best Director. She's going to get nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. And I think this movie is a shoe-in for a nomination for Best Picture. The Power of the Dog is the definition of a slow burn. This is not going to be a movie for everyone. It's not all that exciting. And it's one of those movies you won't fully understand until the very end. In that way, it kind of reminds me of Scorsese, Shutter Island, Gone Baby Gone, Primal Fear, Arrival, The Usual Suspects, Memento, Chinatown, and Atonement. What these movies all have in common is that they don't fully explain themselves until the very end. And I love movies like that. They're thought-provoking, and the endings change your entire perception of a movie. I mean, you watch the ending of Shutter Island, and you begin to rethink the movie in a totally different way. And another thing these movies all have in common is they don't have happy endings, and I'm not going to spoil it, but it's the same for The Power of the Dog. This movie is about a lot of things, but one of the things the movie is about is about how our views on masculinity was and is very problematic. I mean, the character of Phil is hiding who he really is because he wants to live up to the standards of being a man. I think modern society suffers from a lot of the same fate when people speak out against people who are like them because they don't want to be, quote, found out. Cumberbatch's Phil is horrible to McPhee's Peter because when he looks at him, it's like looking in the mirror and he doesn't want all of his friends and his brother to know that he's exactly like that person. And I think that's very true in real life. Sometimes we are horrible to the people that remind us of ourselves the most. It also needs to be said that The Power of the Dog is one of the best looking movies of the year. I think you can make the case that it's probably the best looking Western since Paul Thomas Anderson's There Will Be Blood. And this movie has been compared to that movie a lot and I do see the similarities because in that movie, Daniel Day-Lewis and Paul Dano hate each other because they know they, they are the exact same person. They're both sleazy salesmen in a way. And in this movie, the people that have the conflicts are Benedict Cumberbatch and Cody Schmidt-McPhee because they look at each other and almost see the exact same person. And both films end in really brutal fashion. I really like the movie The Power of the Dog. It is really good, but I do think the praise of it is a bit overblown. I don't think this movie should win Best Picture. I don't even think it's the best Western of the year. That honor for me goes to The Harder They Fall. 
I would not be mad, however, if Cumberbatch wins the Oscar for Best Actor. I think he's just as good, if not better, than Will Smith in King Richard, and McPhee should definitely be a contender for Best Supporting Actor. I highly recommend you check out the movie, The Power of the Dog. Let's switch gears and talk about the movie Belfast. Here's a quick synopsis. Buddy has a dream childhood in Belfast. He's friends with all of his neighbors, but a religious conflict might take him away from the only home he's ever known. The film stars Jude Hill, Katrina Balfe, Jamie Dornan, Kieran Hines, and Dame Judi Dench. This is a movie that had a lot of hype surrounding it, and for the most part, the movie lived up to its promise, and that has to do with the wonderful performances. Let's start off with Katrina Balfe. I knew Balfe was a movie star after I saw Ford v. Ferrari, and in Belfast, she turns what a lot of times in movies is a thankless role, the worried wife and mother, into a great performance like she did in 4V Ferrari. She turned what's usually a movie trope type character and brought new life into it not once but twice. She is likely going to get a Best Supporting Actress nom for this performance and I wouldn't be surprised if she wins. You also have Jamie Dornan who after this movie will no longer just be thought of as the guy from Fifty Shades of Grey. He is wonderful. He gets two Oscar winning scenes in my opinion. This year he's become one of the best supporting actors in turns in Belfast and Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. In both movies he sings and quite rather well if I do say so myself. And then you have Kieran Hines who is not a well-known actor but he has appeared in some really high quality films like Munich, Margot at the Wedding, There Will Be Blood and Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy and in big studio films like Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2 and Justice League where he played the main villain Steppenwolf. Hines has never been better than he is in Belfast. And finally you have Dame Judi Dench. And this is what she does in movies. She has very little screen time like in Shakespeare in Love where she won the Oscar, Pride and Prejudice, Jane Eyre, and the Bond movies. And she usually makes the most of it and that's exactly what she does in Belfast. There's not a whole lot of her in the movie but what's there is brilliant. I have to say this. My favorite Judi Dench movie is Philomania. I absolutely love that film. In that film, she co-stars with Steve Coogan. It is one of the most underrated films of the 2010s. She was nominated for Best Actress at the Oscars. She should have won the Oscar for that performance. Over the last 30 years or so, she's had a terrific collaboration with director Kenneth Branagh. The two of them have worked on the movies All Is True, Belfast, Artemis Fowl, Murder on the Orient Express, Henry the Fifth, Hamlet, A Midwinter's, and My Week with Marilyn. And we also have to talk about the lead of this movie, Jude Hill, who's playing Buddy. He gives a really great performance for a kid actor. I think it's one of the best performances by a kid actor. I'll talk about who I think gives the best kid performance of the year on next week's episode of the podcast, but I really think Jude Hill is it as Buddy. We also have to talk about the writer and director of this film, Sir Kenneth Branagh, who is best known for being an actor, but he's had a fascinating career as a director. Early in his career, he was known for his adaptations of Shakespeare, Henry V, Much Ado About Nothing, which I love. I watched that movie, and I am enamored with what Denzel Washington is doing in that movie. I love what Keanu Reeves is doing in that movie. He directed Hamlet, and he directed an underrated neo-noir film called Dead Again, which I think is so good. I love Andy Garcia 
in that movie. I love what Emma Thompson is doing in that movie. I love Kenneth Branagh in that film. Kenneth Branagh gives his best performance of his career in the movie Dead Again. His few scenes with the late great Robin Williams are brilliant in that film. The latter stage of Branagh's directing career has seen him mostly make big studio movies. Over the last decade, he's directed the first Thor film, Disney's live-action remake of Cinderella. Both are really good. Jack Ryan, The Shadow Recruit, Murder on the Orient Express, and the much-maligned Artemis Fowl. Belfast is far and away his best film as a filmmaker. It's his most personal film to date, and it's delightful, which not all of his films are. He has the reputation of being the serious Shakespeare guy, so when you hear he's directing a film, you think it's going to be super self-serious, and that's just not the case with Belfast. It's an easy film to digest. I'd be remiss not to mention that Brana has also co-starred in the last two Christopher Nolan films, Dunkirk. It's a small role, but I really like him in that movie, and he was the big bad guy in Tenet. I really liked him in Tenet. He was doing a bit of a Bond movie villain type of character. There's not a lot of actors you can compare Kenneth Branagh to. I mean, he's super prolific as both an actor and as a director. There's not a lot of people like Kenneth Branagh. Not a lot of people have had that type of career. Maybe you could compare him to Clint Eastwood, but even Clint Eastwood doesn't star in as many movies as Kenneth Branagh does. And what his movie Belfast really gets right is how neighborhoods used to be. People used to know all of their neighbors and every kid felt like family members. Also, there's one scene where Hill's buddy goes to church and is terrified what the bombastic priest is saying. That is so relatable for anyone who went to church as a child. It's a weird place to go as a kid. You barely know what is said. It can be a super intense and scary place for a child. I think the brilliance of this movie is that the lead is a kid that does not really understand the ramifications of what's going on around him. He doesn't know that something bigger than himself is happening. The biggest thing in Buddy's life in this movie is his home in Belfast. He wants that to remain consistent. He doesn't understand that he's seeing something historic. He doesn't know that. Some films would try to make the kid character super intelligent and understand what's going on around him, but I think Belfast does the right thing and it feels way more honest this way that Buddy is kind of clueless as to why his family needs to leave Belfast. He feels like a real kid. That's the magic of the movie is that these people feel real. Some movie characters and some tropes, like I said earlier about Balf's character, can feel unreal and dishonest. This movie feels honest. Belfast is one of the many films that's projected to be a major player at the Oscars. I believe Sir Kenneth Branagh is a lock for a Best Director nomination and might get one for Best Screenplay. As for the actors, I think at least two performances from this movie will be nominated. Katrina Balfe is getting in for Best Supporting Actress and either Jamie Dornan or Kieran Hines for Best Supporting Actor. I do think there's a chance that all three get Oscar nominations and I know Dame Judi Dench has been Oscar nominated seven times but I would be shocked if she gets in. What her character is missing to get a nomination is a key moment. I mean, Balf's character has a key moment with Buddy at the grocery store. Jamie Dornan has a key moment when he's singing and Kieran Hines has a moment where he tells Buddy that he's Buddy from Belfast. I mean, that is an Oscar winning
winning type movie moment and that's what Judy Dench's performance is missing it's a really good performance I really liked her in the movie but it is not an Oscar type performance it feels like the consensus is that a lot of people would be annoyed if Belfast ended up winning a best picture at the Oscars and I get it people had the same sentiment towards 1917 everyone agreed that these films are good but they don't agree that the movie is great and I don't necessarily think Belfast is great but I do think it's up there as one of the best films of the year I don't understand why more people would rather the power of the dog win best picture than Belfast I think Belfast is a bigger movie from beginning to end I think the power of the dog has a very compelling ending that makes you rethink the whole movie but from beginning to end Belfast is a more enjoyable watch and why can't the movie you enjoy to watch the most also be the best movie of the year those two things don't have to be in conflict with one another you can be an enjoyable film and still be the best movie of the year I would feel the same way about the power of the dog winning as I did last year when Nomadland won. Yes, Nomadland is a really good movie, but it was not the best movie of 2020, and The Power of the Dog is far from the best film of 2021. Last year, there were better films than Nomadland. Judas and the Black Messiah was better. Mank was better. Minari was better. Promising Young Woman was better. Sound of Metal was better. And The Trial of the Chicago 7 is better. And this year, there are a lot better films than The Power of the Dog. Belfast is better. Spencer is better. Pig is better. So yeah, I would be happier if Belfast won Best Picture over The Power of the Dog and I feel like that's not the consensus. I feel like way more people would be upset if Belfast wins Best Picture over if The Power of the Dog wins Best Picture and I feel like the exact opposite. I would feel bored if The Power of the Dog wins Best Picture and I would be excited if Belfast walked away with the award. This movie is so effective it's kind of hard to describe like in particular the scene where Jamie Dornan sings on paper should not work at all yet it really does work. It's one of the best movie scenes of the year. I watch something like that and I go give this movie best picture and I wouldn't be mad about it. It's an exciting movie. The power of the dog is just not that exciting to me. I also just think Belfast is the best acted movie of the year and I think we should take that into consideration when we're talking about the best movie of the year. I thought last year Mank was the best acted movie of the year and this year it's Belfast. These movies should be rewarded by how good every cast member is in them. Belfast is the feel-good movie of the year more so than King Richard. My final thoughts on this is I feel it's kind of odd that we're so into rewarding the more complicated movies. Oh, this is dark. This is mysterious. This is hard to understand. We watch something like Joker and we go, okay, that's a best picture type of movie. And then we look at a movie like Belfast and we go, oh, that's so simple. That movie is so relatable to everyday life. That is what everyday life is like. Yeah, the movie might be as simple about how it's bad for a kid when he has to move, but it resonates in the same way and it can be equally rewarding to watch a movie like Belfast than it is to watch a movie like The Power of 
of the Dog. I highly recommend you check out the movie Belfast. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney, and this week on the podcast, I talked about the movies The Power of the Dog and Belfast. Next week, I'm talking about one of the best actors of his generation, Joaquin Phoenix, and his latest film, Come On, Come On, starring Phoenix along with Woody Norman, Gabby Hoffman, written and directed by Mike Mills. So tune into that, and please rate, review, and subscribe. Subscribe.